Welcome to the official podcast of the Mount Rubido Seventh-day Adventist Church. Thank you for joining us on our series, The Word Became Flesh. Our speaker for today is Barone A. Savori. The message for today is, You're Still Here. Isaiah 43, verses 1, 2, 3, and half of 4. So glad that my mom and dad are here today. Eric Clavon leaned over while I was sitting there and said, you're beginning to look more like your father, and that's a good thing. English Standard Version, but now thus saith the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. Verse 3. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you because you, everybody say you, and then I want you to say me, because you, because I, because you're precious in my eyes, and I honored you, and I love you. Now, we packed a whole lot of stuff into this service today. I ain't going to preach long. But there is a word. You're still here. You're still here. Now, you look in the mirror and you say you're still here with a period, a declarative sentence. Your haters, they say... You're still here because they thought that what you had been through would destroy you. Your friends look at you and they say, you're still here because they're excited that you're still with them. Whichever place you're in, here, now, today, 
this moment, you are still here. Father, we're grateful that we're still here today. This final Sabbath of 2017. We praise you and we thank you because you have kept us this year. Hide me behind your cross and may your word go forth. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Our scripture actually begins in Isaiah 42. God is on trial and a lot has gone on in the lives of the Israelites. And we show up here in Isaiah 43. And there are some declarations and some promises that have been made. You see, as you look and you go back into Israel's history, we, we can discover that God's fingerprints are all over it. That God has been present and he's been there and he has been guiding them throughout their path toward freedom. Guiding them and helping them through the stumblings and the bumblings of life. He has been there and he has been present in in good season and in bad seasons. You see, God has been with them because he has chosen them. And I, and I believe, I believe that that's the first thing that as we close out this year, that if you have some question marks in your life, if you have some things that have not quite gone the way that you had hoped that they would go, if you are challenged in your relationship with God and perhaps you're saying that this is the last chance that God has to do something miraculous in my life, if things have gone more left than they have gone right, if your life has been full of the uphill battles and it seems as if it has not been downhill enough, even just flat, straight up, no heel at all, life has not been that for you, I need for you to be reminded of this, that God has chosen you. I need you to remember and understand that nothing slips under, around, or out of the sight of God. God has his eye on you and he has chosen you. As a matter of fact, I will go as far as to say that some of the challenges and things that you have faced in your life that you have gone through this past year, that, that, that God knows that he has designed part of that for you to go through so that you can be stronger for your future. You see, God lets them know that that indeed I have called you and I have chosen you. But but then he makes a declaration. He says, I haven't just made a random call. I have called you by name. And there's something significant about being called by your name. My mother is in the house and I know that there are a lot of people that can call me Barone. But when my mother calls my name. And when my father calls my name, there's something different about the way that they call my name. They really want to get my attention. They call me by my house name, which I'm not going to tell (laughs) y'all. And if things are, are, are really interesting, they'll call me by my full name. 
but here's the thing. Because they, they know me and they've journeyed with me through the ups and through the downs, they, they can call me and they don't make a general call. They don't say, hey, you or hey, y'all or, or you over there or, or you caramel skin brother. No, they call me by my birth name. I would have you to know that that's exactly how God sees you. He doesn't see you as a random person. He doesn't see you as one of over six billion people on the earth. He knows you by your name. And if there's anything for us to remember as we go into a new year that he calls us by our name. Why does he call us by our name? Because he knows us. And why does he know us? It's because he has chosen us. And he keeps making that choice over and over again. You know the story of Israel, how they're sometimes hot and sometimes cold. They just step away for just a little while. As a matter of fact, God has just delivered them and they have had the first Passover event. You remember what God instructed them. They said, look, if you place the blood over your doorpost that the angel of death will pass over you and allow your firstborn to live. And God has delivered them out of the hands of Pharaoh. He has delivered them out of Egypt, but no longer are they outside of slavery and Egypt. That life gets a little bit challenging and a little bit different. And they begin to say to themselves, why did we come out here I wish that we could go back to Egypt they keep pressing forward and now God is reminding them that I have called you and I have formed you and I have shaped you And then he makes this declare, not only have I delivered you, what did he deliver them from? He delivered them from the hands of slavery. He delivered them from starvation. He delivered them from the pestering heat of the deserts that they were walking through. He delivered them through the battles and the different people who tried to take everything from them. He had delivered them so many times in the past. And now, once again, God is there and he is reminding them that you're still here, but you're still here because you are mine and I have called you and I have created you and I have formed you. He says, you are mine. Now, you don't want to be owned by just anybody. You don't want just anybody to say you're mine. Am I right about it? But there's something different when God says that you are mine. Because when God says it, not only does he mean it, but he begins to to back it up. He says, look, I have given people in exchange for you. I have given nations in exchange for you. Step back for a moment and think about what God is really saying in this moment. He is saying that, look, I have chosen you. As a matter of fact, I love you so much that I have orchestrated people and nations and positioned them so that you might be delivered. I'm not only in your history, but I'm in their history as well so that you will win. I have chosen you. And he says, you're still here because of that. Then he goes on to share with them this fact and this reality. He says, not only have I brought you from there, but I am with you now. Because when you look back over your life about what God has brought you through this year, some of you all could only lift your hands and say, only by the grace of Jesus. 
When you think about what God has brought you through this year, how God has blessed you, how God has expanded your business, how God blessed you with a new home, how God caused the disease to all of a sudden be gone, how God has kept you during that accident, how God brought your child back home, how God began to give you revelation and say, I need to have a deeper relationship with you, how God has made himself real in your life. You're still here, but it's not on your own accord. It's because he has chosen you and he's saying you are mine and I'm giving you another chance. In a year of alternative facts, this one fact is for real. In the age of 45, where all of a sudden an apple can probably be called a banana and everybody will want to believe that, I want you to know that this fact remains. God is still God and he changes not. One fact still remains and will not change and that is God is good. One reality that will not change is the reality that God has chosen you because based on our past experiences, we can make future predictions. Now, some of us are sitting here and we're saying it's been a rough year, but I'm glad that I'm here now. I'm glad that I'm here right now. And here's the right now word for each and every one of us to remember. Not only has God chosen you today, but, but he is present with you today. You see, in the scripture, in this text, God reflects on what he has done. He talks about what he's done in the past. I have delivered you and I have called you by your name, but I am there with you. And then he says those three little words that all of us love to hear. He says to them, come a little bit closer. I love you. And his love for us drives him to orchestrate history in our favor. And to orchestrate the future in your favor. So based off of what God has done in the past and who God is right now being present in your life and letting you know once again that you are chosen and that you are here is that we can make future predictions. There's a prophetic word that is in this scripture that perhaps some of us don't even want to receive. Because he says this, he says, When, everybody say when, when you go through the rivers and when you go through the floods. Here's the thing. He talks about how he has delivered them and how he has blessed them and how much he loves them. But then he gives them a prophetic word. He says, look, everything isn't going to be easy. He says, look, there are going to be some rivers you're going to have to go through. There's going to be some floods that you're going to have to go through. As a matter of fact, he says, I'm going to send you through some fire, but I'm going to give you a promise on both of them. You see, you break that thing down and you begin to look at it. Once again, you see that water is used to purify. So he says, look, I'm going to take you through some water and some rivers and they're going to rise and it's going to seem scary. But I want you to know this. I promise you this, that it will not overwhelm you. And some of you all have reached the end of your rope and you're saying, God, I don't know if I can take it any further. It seems as if I'm up to here. That's God saying in your life, the fact that you're here right now, he's saying that it did not overwhelm you. He says, look, in the future, 
2018, and we all come with great expectations, but let us come with the expectations of knowing God's history in our lives, knowing God's history with humanity, that he does all things well, no matter what has happened in the past and what will happen in the future, that no matter how the rivers may come, they will not overwhelm you. And the second thing that is referenced here is fire. And we know here in California with the Thomas Fire that it's the largest fire that has ever happened in the state of California. Uncontrolled fire destroys. But controlled fire can purify and create. As you go through the fire, the word of God says this. It says, it will not consume you. If it doesn't consume me, then it must be purifying. So as you go and as you plan and as you make preparation for this new year, as you seek to end this year right, think about what God has done for you in the past and what he has brought us through. Think about what God is doing for you in your life right now. You may not have everything you want to have and you may not be everything what you want to be right now, but thank God you're not what you used to be. And if you hang in here with God, he will continue to refine you and make you into something that resembles pure gold. He says when you go through the rivers and when you go through the fires, they won't overwhelm you and they won't burn you and they won't consume you. And then we ask the question, God, I'm still here through rivers, through floods, through fires. Through ups, I got battle scars from 2017. I shed a lot of tears in 2017. I had some big wins in 2017. I had some things that went right in 2017. There's some unexpected blessings that happened in 2017. And there's some unexpected failures that happened in 2017. But God, I'm still here. What are you putting me through? And and why are you putting me through it? And here's the answer at the end of it. He says, because I love you. And at the end of the day, the word becoming flesh is all about love. It's all about love. Why? Because when we look back and we see the story of Christ, he comes down and he, and he says, he says, look, it was prophesied in Isaiah. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. And when we look at what they wrote in history, now Jesus walks among men in the Gospels and he becomes the living flesh. He becomes the word of God dwelling among men and he goes to a cross and he dies there and he's placed in a tomb. History tells us that there, he he struggled there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he wrestled with the reality and he says this, he says, I don't know the future, nevertheless not my will, but your will be done. The floods came in the life of Christ, the fires came in the life of Christ, but I thank God he went through it because his father was whispering all along, I love you. So if he brought you through then... And he's brought you to now. Can we take a moment and talk about later? Because I love what the word of God says about later. Because at the end of it all, Jesus doesn't stay in the tomb. Am I right about it? That he gets up three days later and he goes up into heaven. 
And right now, he's there at the right hand of the Father. And, I, and I'm grateful that he is there. Why? Because he is pleading on behalf of each and every one of us, calling us by name, letting us know, yes, Father, I still love them, even though they messed up a whole lot of times, even though they messed up yesterday, even though they're messing up right now, I still love them. Because later down the road, I'm coming back for them. Later down the road, the word of God lets us know, and this is what gets me excited about the realities. The reality is that one day, one of these years and one of these moments, Jesus will come. And I thank God that this is a wonderful service for us to have remembering his death, but I can't wait to the resurrection of the, of the those that have gone on before us. I can't wait for the day when all of a sudden we're able to see him face to face. I can't wait for later, but I got to live through now. And so, my brothers and sisters, you're still here. And it is by the grace of God. You can begin to play. I want us to take a moment and reflect on who God has been in your life. You see, sometimes we have to be reminded, am I right about it? You know, one of the things that is tough for me sometimes is that sometimes I can have a whole lot of good things going on and one bad thing will happen. Is there anybody else out there that's kind of like me sometimes? I mean, you got a whole lot of stuff to be thankful for. One little thing mess up, ruin your day. Attitude bad. Cutting folk off on the freeway. Mad at the grocery store because the line is long. Not even realizing, God, I, I got a car to get someplace, and there's some folk that are walking. I'm in the grocery store to buy something because you provided provisions so that I can buy it. Thank you, God. Sometimes we can look back and we can say, God, I know I'm here, but being here and being alive and having another chance to worship you and praise you, it just isn't enough because I'm focused on the little bad stuff. And I want to suggest to us today, I'm suggesting to myself today, that we turn that thing around and we look at all that God has done for us. We look at how he has delivered us and what he has brought us through and how he has still loved us. How we could have been wiped out and done. We know we should be wiped out and done. But he's given us another chance. We ought to lift our hands and glorify him. We ought to thank him for what it is that he's doing right now. And if that ain't enough, we show enough ought to praise him for what's coming later. Fifty-two weeks. This is it for seventeen. What's going to be different for you in two thousand eighteen? 
I pray that none of us looking into the future will come if Jesus doesn't come. December of 2018. Look in the mirror and look at our lives and say that we're still here. Because the being here is about us being alive. But it's not about us remaining in the same place. This is about us being and having a chance to say that because I'm still here, I can move forward in the right direction. Because I'm still here, I can let some stuff go. Because I am here, I choose not to be angry. Because I am here, I choose to have joy. Because I am here, I choose to face the issue. Because I am here, I choose to have the conversation. Because I am here, I choose to focus on the mercy and the grace and the love of God. Because I am still here, I move forward based off of what God has done in the past. I can trust that he's going to do great things in my future. So what does your future look like? In the eyes of God, it looks amazing. In the eyes of God, it looks spectacular. In the guise of God, it looks like this. I mean, his mind is blown. He can't wait. He's excited for it. But he also knows this reality, that in order to get there, you might have to go through some things. But I still love you. And at the end of it all, we look forward that great reunion where he calls each and every one of us not as a church not by our position not by our degree but he calls us by name let all of those that are chosen say amen Let all of those that are redeemed say amen. Let all of those that are grateful that God loves us in spite of us say amen. Let all of those that are excited about the grace of Jesus put their hands together. Let all of those that are excited about the best that is yet to come begin to worship God. Let all of those that are looking forward to the day when we won't have to deal with the drama of life, let them begin to worship God. Let all of those that are willing to praise God in advance and through it all, let them shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Let all of those that are willing to give Him everything that they have begin to clap their hands and praise God with a voice that comes from Him. Why? Because God has been good. God has been merciful. God is worthy to be praised. Father, we praise you that we're still here. It is by the grace of God. I'm so glad today I am still here, yet by the grace of God. Despite all you've been through, you're still here. It's by the grace 
of God. Ooh, I'm still here by the grace of God. And God, as we take a moment in transition to this time of communion where we reflect on your broken body and your spilled blood for us. As we reflect on what you have brought us through, the promises that you have made to be present and to walk with us. Would you bless us? Would you bless this service? In the name of Jesus, the risen Christ, I pray. Amen. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you, so much so that you would be willing to share it as a witness. As always, thank you again for joining us and tune in weekly for more inspirational messages that will prayerfully give you a more intimate relationship with God.